It's you. We're looking at you. Oh, am I starting? Yeah, oh, you're always the guy, man. Uh, welcome to Pod People. Episode, I'm not keeping it's track. It's episode three. I think it's three, yeah. Is that what it is now? This it should be technically three. three. Technically three. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Pod People. Episode technically three. Technically <laughs> three, yeah. yeah. Today, we watched uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Which is... Um, more on the beaten path than what we usually go to. Most yeah. people have seen or heard of this movie. It won a couple of awards back in the day. It's a film released in 2006 with a budget of $8 million. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. They've spent their money very well. Oh, yeah. Like, $8 million, that's like a music video today, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, really. Like, Pretty much, dude. So. It all costs way yeah. too much. Almost like I've never anyway. watched it, but... I know about it. I've heard of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to watch Little Miss Sunshine because I saw it a couple months ago for the first time. It was really good, and none of us had seen it. And this is just about showing movies that we think are important to our friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the movie opens. There's a there's a chubby blonde girl with glasses watching replays of a Miss America pageant. Yeah. Yeah. She's like uh, she's a kid. She's watching Miss America win in her face and how excited she is. And this, this chubby little blonde girl is, is mimicking the faces of, of the winner. You know, she's, she wants to be that person, or at least she's trying to fake it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. She wants to be a winner. So, so the intro is just an, an introduction of all the members of this family. Yeah. This, this movie is about nothing else but family. That's, that's the whole film. Yeah. So very dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we have uh, the the chubby girl's name is Olive. Yeah, Olivia. As in all of the other reindeer. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> all of the other reindeer. Olive. Yeah, that's that's as. You're far gonna as... leave. No one's gonna talk if you leave. <laughs> See you next month, guys. Oh man. Um, you are one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, so we have Greg Kinnear. Yes. Captain, Captain Amazing. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Captain Amazing from Mystery Man. So, um... Is that the death? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. His name's Richard in the movie. Yeah, His name's Richard because he's a dick. Yeah, he'll, he'll... Boy, howdy, is he a dick. If if this movie has a villain, it's Richard. Oh, absolutely, um, man. It doesn't really, but anyway. He softens up. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of the point. Yeah. But uh, Greg Kinnear is giving a speech about his nine steps to success. Yeah. Right? Your, your nine-step refuse-to-lose system. So he's giving this big, huge speech about no excuses, you know, no exceptions, you know. You just start today, and then yeah. they, they light up the room, and there's like six people in the room. It's like, <laughs> just so great. It looks like detention. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, one good. person claps at him. Um, I'm a super fan. We have, we have a black-haired kid named Dwayne. Oh, he's great. Dwayne's working out. Yeah. Dwayne's yeah. getting pumped. There's some bench press. Yeah. Yeah. That. He's got a huge banner of uh, I'm gonna mangle this pronunciation of, of no. Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah, no yeah. one knows how to say it, right? Yeah. Unless yeah. you're German. I, I'm not German. No, I'm, I'm not, not German. German. Yeah. I've also never contracted syphilis purposely, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You're just not living. That's yeah. <laughs> I've heard different pronunciations of it, like Nietzsche or Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I don't Nietzsche. know. I don't know, man. We need to ask a German. Dude, they that might not German. even know. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Know. People don't that's even know how to true. pronounce American names in there. Yeah, yeah but expect. we are a melting pot. We are culture. That's so what they try to tell us. I don't know. Anyway, well, look who know. we got sitting here. We got like a quarter Russian, I'm Native American, the whitest person. Yeah. No, no, I am one hundred percent white. I am one hundred percent white. You know, I glow in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you okay. know, whatever 
angel mated with whatever ethnicity to I, form Tomas. I don't know. That's, that's <laughs> another story, though. I don't know. You're not to get into that today. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we and have... And I, as Dwayne. always, remain an enigma. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, back, back on topic. So we're, we're at Dwayne. Yeah, so Dwayne, Dwayne's the kid bench pressing, he's 15, got a poster of uh, Nietzsche in his room, doing push-ups, pull-ups, he's got this, I I really like this, he's got a huge sheet of uh, paper, like long writing paper, and he's got a whole bunch of numbers in it, I I assume they're his, his, either his sets or a countdown of days, I'm not really sure, Mm -hmm. because he's writing it as he goes, which makes me think it's not a countdown. Yeah. So I think it's how many of a certain activity he's doing, but yeah, like but a count, some kind of count. Yeah. So then we that. we cut to uh, someone snorting heroin. It's a good time. That's always fun. Which is uh, which is Alan Arkin. Yeah, he's the grandpa. We love Alan Arkin. And we yeah. found out his name was Edwin Hoover. Edwin, yes. But that comes out like way late. Yeah. We don't know that until later. No, we, yeah, we just know. know he's grandpa. Well, yeah. we assume he's grandpa based on his age and stuff. You know? And then we have Cheryl, she's yeah. driving a car. Arguing on the phone, smoking a cigarette. You know, American mom. Yeah. And uh, well, my mom didn't smoke. But so she should she would be yeah, all, she would be she, Olive's mom. She's saying something about you know this guy's got no place to go, stuff like that. We we've also seen uh, we've also seen Frank just staring out a window in some kind yeah. of hospital. So. Steve Carell. That'd be Steve, Steve Carell's Frank. Yeah. Amazing. The uh, preeminent Proust scholar. Yes. <laughs> on America. Yeah. So. so um, so uh, Cheryl goes to pick up uh, goes to pick up uh, Frank. I'm yeah. gonna keep calling him Steve. Goes yeah. to pick up Frank, <laughs> and uh, we find out from the doctor to keep him away from sharp objects or medication. So we get an idea of what might have happened to him. Yeah. Why, why Frank's well, in the his, hospital? Uh, his wrists are bandaged. His wrists well. are bandaged up. You know, so uh, you don't really have to. He may have tried to, as uh, as Edwin says, check out early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can kind of guess. You know, context so. Clues. Cheryl brings him back. She walks him to the house. She tells him, you know, you're going to be with Daryl. This is workout, kid. Dwayne. I'm sorry. Oh, good grief. Dwayne. That's why I'm here. I keep you. Yeah. You've been watching The Office or what? I've never seen a single episode of The Office. British or American. You've got to watch The Office. At least the American one. The Office is so good. Anyways, it's close enough. We're at Dwayne. We are getting off. Yeah, we're we're doing Dwayne. We're talking about Dwayne. So Dwayne's in the house. And, uh... And he's going to be sharing. A, Frank is going to be sharing a room with Dwayne. They tell him they just got to keep the door open. They set up a little cot for him on the floor, with uh, Sesame Street pillowcases that I have in my closet. I swear. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Ernie's the best. Yeah, it's Ernie and the Cookie Monster, and, and Bert's on there somewhere. <laughs> Bert and Ernie go together like bananas and oranges. <laughs> uh, so, um, so Cheryl brought back. Uh, no, I'll just I'll handle. Cheryl brought back uh, chicken. She's got a whole bowl of chicken, and the whole family sitting down. Kentucky fried chicken. Right? Yeah, Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah, well, that's, some that's... some form of large bucketed chicken. Yeah, we're, a bucketed type. We're not sure. So, um, Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne. Yes, sir. Dwayne sets the table with paper plates. They got some uh, just mismatched plastic cups. McDonald's, you know. Yeah. Mayor McCheese. Oh yeah. Memorabilia. That's Frank's yeah. cup. Frank gets the Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Yeah, which I really like because that's the plates you probably had growing up. You know, it wasn't like a full set. It's just yeah. whatever whatever they got, whatever survived yeah. for like so long. Just plastic cups, glass cups, just whatever whatever you can mash together. And they're eating chicken. Alan Arkin is unhappy. Fucking chicken. 
he he goes <laughs> off on the chicken, always with the f and chicken, you know, yada yada yada. He, so so we get the sense that they're they're used to not being together, or having a meal, you know. Yeah. It's just kind of thrown together. And he's mad, and then it's insinuated he was kicked out of his retirement home. Yeah, Sunset Manor. Yeah. yeah. So, so we figure out Alan Arkin, Edwin Grandpa. You know, he's he's a bit of a fighter. He'll, he yeah. yells and screams, and he's he's loud, and he'll do you know whatever he is. Meanwhile, Greg Kinnear, he's trying to he he thinks he's got a done deal. Yeah. He's selling his nine steps. Right, he yeah. thinks he's gonna get a whole bunch of money. We find out that Cheryl's the one who's who's bringing in all the bacon, and he's just been trying to sell. to sell his nine steps. And he's got a deal with a man whose name I don't remember. Stan Grossman. Stan Grossman. Oh, thank yeah. you. Stan Grossman. So, um, anyway, so they they sit down at the table, and uh, oh, there's a message on the machine from the sister. Yeah. From Cheryl's sister, which would also be um, the other guy's sister too. Frank. Frank's yeah. sister. Yeah, Frank, yeah. I gotta remember these names. Well, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah. Keep me on track. Otherwise, you know, it would just be you talking to yourself and no one will listen to it. But you have us, so you're talking to yourself, but then people going, ah. You know. Exactly, yeah. yeah Otherwise, it would just to... be in a corner and spiraling. Yeah, it'd be what you do in your room, as opposed to. <laughs> I couldn't do that on a mic. All right, so. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Oh. That's sad. <laughs> Where do we? Where do we? No, you couldn't hear me sorting Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Oh, is that what we're calling? Yeah, it? no, it would, it would sound like. Is that a wink and a nudge? Sorting would, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That's not what the kids are calling. It. Oh. It sounds. It sounds yeah, like yeah. this. Yeah. I haven't been a kid for a long time. I have no idea what they're calling anything. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> anyway. I don't keep up with that. Oh, back, be a kid again. Meanwhile, back on the ranch. Back. <laughs> stay on target. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, at the dinner table, um, Olive, that yeah. girl. <laughs> you sound like Richard. <laughs> I'll live. Maybe I'll relate with Richard. Oh, I'm sorry. So Stan Grossman, so he thinks he's going to get a sale and he's all hyped up for it. Yeah. Um, but And he just runs over a message from, from Cheryl's sister that says that um, Olive qualified for something. Doesn't doesn't really care, doesn't really hear it, just kind of skips over it because he's listening for, for Grossman. Yeah. So they're at the dinner table and they're all sitting there as a family. Um, Steve... Steve, Frank. Yeah. Frank starts talking to Dwayne. Dwayne. Can I get flashcards? It's a little teenage Yes, please. Like Brando and the Godfather. I'm just on the corner so you can read everything. Thank you for comparing me to Brando. <laughs> That's a good comparison. I can't get over that Richard Pryor story. Neither can. Oh, that's a whole nother. Picture to snail crawling on the edge. <laughs> I got the body of Brando. So the later years, third. The later years. Was late Brando. Couldn't fit through a doorway. Fit in a Richard Pryor though. <laughs> oh gosh. Why? Yeah, I'm assuming he was the pitcher, but I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. And you can really back to the topic at hand. And you can really verify that's let's <laughs> not even get into that. So they're at the dinner table. They're at the dinner table and they're talking about an equally thing. Olive asks why Uncle Frank 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 was in the hospital and uh Cheryl's for telling her. Telling her the truth, yeah. you know, he tried. He tried to commit suicide, um, but uh, Dick's not having it. Yeah, yeah. Richard's like, oh no, we don't, we don't need to tell her. She's, yeah, that's she's not seven. something you tell seven year old. And then Cheryl's like, no, no, she she needs to know. She's gonna find out anyway. So Frank, 
<laughs> Frank starts uh, telling her, well, um, I, w- I was unhappy. And Richard says he was a sick man, you know, just over him. And yeah. Frank gives him a glare. Oh, Frank and Richard do not like each no, other. No, no, they clash throughout the film, and I love it. Yeah. I love how much animosity <laughs> yeah. between the two of them. Um, because their worldviews are just so different yeah. on everything. Um, so it tells her that um, he has a college job, and he had some unrequited love yeah. with a grad student of his. Yeah. He loves someone. And uh, he didn't love him back. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, you fell in love with a boy? And he says, yes, I did. And she says, that's silly. And he's like, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're on two different pages, but it's fun. Yeah. And then he says that um, the, the boy fell in love with the second uh, most preeminent Proust scholar in yeah. America. And Richard asks, who's number one? He says, I'm number one. <laughs> Richard. So, um, if you don't know, Proust was a French writer. Yeah. I didn't know until I saw this movie. Yeah. I, I try to stay up on things, but I, I didn't. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, it's good well, to know. I didn't know that. So. You know, it, it, and after seeing this movie, it seems like something to look into. You know, like, yeah, well, I mean, they talk about it a they, little bit. They lay enough of a groundwork that you think, oh, this, this might be an interesting person. Yeah. Someone to, someone to look at. Like, so. yeah. Yeah. I thought said priest scholar, but... No, it's Proust. Yeah. Proust. Wow. I didn't catch his first name. That's the only name I remember in the film, the French yeah. one. Proust. <laughs> well, practice is so different. Anyway, so they, they have this conversation, and what, what I love about this movie is everything in it feels super real. Yeah. Nothing feels really fake. Like, yeah. this conversation feels like a conversation that could have happened. Yeah. Like, because everyone's on their own page and everyone's trying to get their word in yeah like you know grandpa's like you tried to check out early you know like they all they all have all their opinions and they're all stating them loudly to the table except for Dwayne yeah because Dwayne does not talk no but that was uh, silence yeah yeah so um so Frank tells him this story and uh and he says that when he found he when he found out that the uh the second best proof scholar uh, got a genius grant after um, Frank was fired from his job after an outburst. Yeah. Um, and living in an apartment, that's when he tried to kill himself. It was just it was just the final insult. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't work out well for him. Yeah. No, it did not. So, um, what happens next? I got notes. Oh. So um, I kind of I kind of skipped over du- uh, Dwayne's silence. Yeah. So Dwayne and Frank have a bit of a rapport throughout the film that I really enjoy. Like it always seems like they're kind of connecting, even though they they don't really un- until maybe the very end. They they tolerate each other more than anyone else in this family tolerates anyone else. Yeah. Um, Olive's kind of untouchable. Everybody loves Olive. Nobody's gonna. Yeah, mess she's a little with girl. Her. She's yeah. like the little kid. So, um, Dwayne hates everybody. Yeah, he writes that down. He writes down, "I hate everybody." Frank asks him, "What about your family?" And then he <laughs> underlines everybody. It's a great it's little. So funny. It's a great little scene. It's a perfect punctuation of just don't don't mess with me, yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so they they start talking back and forth, and then. Um, Kinnear, awesome. Richard. Richard, thank you. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> Good grief. He is a... So, so Richard brings up that the sister called. Yeah. And that uh, 
Olive qualified for something called Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. And Olive freaks out. Loses like, what? her mind. So they run over to the message machine. They said, hey, you, you qualified because the the... She was in a pageant a little while ago. She came in second, but whoever was in first place took some diet pills, <laughs> which is your first like foreboding sign of like what? This might never get. <laughs> yeah, so, so she screams like you know, top of the register. Yeah, yeah the they, thing that kept children alive back in the days where humans were in the jungle and like a lion came <laughs> yeah. out. You know, the thing that people hear from three miles away and rattle their spears. From is yes. Just a shriek and starts running around. I want, I want, I want. You know. And, I'm going, I'm going a little bit of sunshine. Yeah, sunshine. Yeah. So Very then we, we have an argument between between Richard and Cheryl. Because Cheryl promised her that if she won, she'd she'd take her, which is in California. Redondo Beach. Redondo Beach. Yeah, they are in New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I believe. Kirky. Yeah. As the kids count it. Not the closest place. They really in the world. should have taken the left turn there, but you know, <laughs> that's fine. So um so they have an argument. I really like this argument because it feels real. Because they're they're arguing, they're doing the dishes. Yeah, they're they're still they're still moving, moving around, around yeah. and doing stuff. And I've seen so many arguments Productive between my argument. parents. Yeah, we're yeah. just you know they're slamming the fridge doors, we're taking stuff out, and it ends with her slamming the popsicles down on the table, and being like dessert. <laughs> yeah. right? And the the topic of this argument is they don't have any money. Yeah, Greg Kinnear is all the money that they've saved is for Greg Kinnear's project. Cheryl's bringing seed in all the money. money. Yeah, his, his seed money. Yeah. For, for Greg Kinnear's nine steps, getting that off the ground. Um, and Cheryl's Cheryl's plan is to get a plane, get a hotel, you know, all that stuff. It's like, we don't have enough money. So then they decide on a road trip, but Grandpa can't fit in the car. Well, why does Grandpa have to come? Grandpa's the teacher. He's yeah. teaching her the moves and the everything she needs to do for, <laughs> yeah. for the pageant. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to go. So then they have to take the van. Well, we can't take the van because Cheryl can't drive it. Well, Richard can drive it. Yeah. So so he's driving, but then they realize they can't leave uh, Dwayne and Frank alone because Frank is on suicide watch, Yeah. and that's too much responsibility to put on Dwayne, who's 15 years old. Yeah. So they look at both of them, and they realize that, hey, we can't go unless everybody, the whole family has to be in on this. Yeah. And Frank's got no reason to live, so it's like, why not? You know, like he's he's kind of along for the ride. <laughs> Dwayne, on the other hand, um, he's uh, he's not really into it. No, he, he is not. He doesn't want to go. But um, you know, they're like, "Yeah, you'll have fun." He's all like, "No, I'm, I'm not going." Yeah, he, he jots down something. Yeah, he's like, "This is unfair." Yeah. yeah, and then they they ask, "Yeah, she's like, this is unfair. All I ask is that you leave me alone." Yeah. And uh, Steve Carell does the reading for it, which I think is significant because they have a bond right yeah. now. He's he's being like the the or they're they're getting a bond, I guess. Because yeah. he thinks it's awesome that he's not talking because of yeah. Frederick Nietzsche. He's far out. You know? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. He's, yeah. he's got respect for that. So, yeah. um, so then um, the mom says, "I'll approve flight school." Yeah. The whole reason he's not talking, the whole reason he's working out is to fly a plane. Yeah, because he wants to join the Air Force. That's him. what he wants to do. He wants to fly jets. He's got pictures of jets in his room. He's That's that's his goal. That's why he's working out. That's why for nine months his dad says he hasn't been talking. Yeah. Which is also significant because then you know it's not a phase. Like, this yeah. has been going on. He's committed. He's committed. Yeah. He's following the nine steps. Yeah. So... He, so he he agrees, and I, I think he slams his hand down on the table and he sticks out his hand to his mom, right. which shows me that he's kind of a jerk, you know. But he's a man of honor, you know. Yeah. Like he's 
He's going to stick to his word. Yeah. Um, I love Dwayne. He's, yeah, he's, he's like one of my favorite he's, characters. He's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so they were all excited and hooray, we're going to go. So um, before before they take off in the night, um, Dwayne charts down, writes down on a piece of paper, please uh, don't kill yourself. Almost like when they're going he's to bed. Frank, yeah. yeah, he's talking to Frank. Yeah. The, the night before they leave, he holds up the paper, don't kill yourself, and he says, "Not tonight." No, I, I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, he's like, "Not on your watch." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, not on, not on your watch. I wouldn't do that to you because you know he's he's an uncle and he cares, and I I don't think he he finds all of this really dumb. Like, you can tell he's still not happy to be alive. Yeah. He's still pretty resentful, but he thinks everyone watching him, it's it's a total invasion. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't like any of it, but he, he understands why, and he's going along with everything. But, you know, this, this is one of the first, like, real bonding things. And then Dwayne writes, welcome to hell yeah. on the next thing. And, and Frank goes, coming from you, that means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so the cool. next day they take off you know they're in the bus off and, to california um, we get the shot of the long road and if you've ever been on a road trip it just captures that feel they're in an old oh, definitely yellow vw with a with a white roof the yeah. bus yeah the bus an old bus you know i wouldn't mind having one of those oh they're so cool yeah mm-hmm. i'd be down that looks fun Jack <laughs> paint it black have a tiger on the side oh from the top. yeah let's do it call it the black betty no. Well, crank Ram Jam as you're going down. You know, somewhere. I don't like that song. You don't like that song? I don't. Uh-huh. But you know who they, does like that song? Grandpa, who has a fun story. Yeah. So, so Grandpa, Grandpa's sitting there, and uh, he says, I'm so tired. He's in the back with the I'm Dwayne. so goddamn tired. You know how tired I am? He's, he's talking to Dwayne. Dwayne's yeah, not really paying yeah. attention. I'm so tired that a beautiful woman came up to me right now, asked me to effort. I couldn't do it. That's how tired I am. Want some advice, kid? Fuck a lot of women. There you go. Don't just fuck one woman. Fuck a lot of women. I got I got no reason to lie to you. And he just goes off. Like this is this is going. a treatise. He's put a lot yeah. of thought into this. It's so He's great. Like, he he just is all like, you know, you're you're fifteen. You can get that young stuff. Yeah. This is the best stuff in the world, that young stuff. Right. He's like, so. In three years you'll be eighteen, yeah. and then you'll get fined three to five for doing that shit. He's yeah. like, you got to do it now. Fuck yeah, a lot of like, women. Your jailbait, their jailbait is perfect. You know, <laughs> it's perfect. So that's just it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Grandpa. Olive's in the car with big old headphones, and the trivia is that Olive was actually listening to music. The actress, yeah, to not hear what Alan Arkin was saying. They wanted to hear it. Which I think is that, really that adds so much. <laughs> it's so fun. So she's got these big old headphones on, so she can't hear, and um, they go back and forth, and we find out that you know he gets kicked out of the retirement home because of uh, yeah, he's snorting heroin. He's snorting heroin. That would do it. <laughs> Which is and awesome. Frank's like he's snorting heroin, you know, like <laughs> oh man, and uh, he's like yeah, don't do that show when you're young. He's like do it when you're old. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so and then the family acknowledges we tried you know we tried to get him to stop the intervention was a fiasco but you just can't get grandpa to do something he doesn't want to yeah. do he's mad he got kicked out because there was four women to every man yeah. he had second degree burns on his Johnson <laughs> yeah the way he says it is yeah. so great so you know and then he, he tells Dwayne he's all like you know, about the drugs he's like don't you start doing that shit you're crazy to do that when you're young he's <laughs> so like well then why do you do it this, this is Frank asking him he's like well you're 
It's all like, I'm old. You're crazy not to do it when you're old. <laughs> Which so, is like, so he's not going to be stopping anytime soon. Yeah, Grandpa Grandpa just wants what he wants to do. Yeah. Because he's, he's old. He's fucking. He's but he's still, he's still looking out for Dwayne. Like, he acknowledges yeah. it's a bad habit. But yeah. he, he doesn't care about himself anymore. He's at the end of his road, and he knows it. So he's yeah. just trying to squeeze out as much enjoyment as he can. Yeah. And he doesn't care who's around or who hears him or, or what. Except for Olive, maybe. Olive's immune to all of this. Yeah. All of this Pretty stuff. much, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> after this lovely exchange, yeah. it, it really is one of the high points of the it's film. It's so It's like um, Richard tries to stop him, too, but... Yeah, Richard Richard can't stop Yeah, anything. he can't stop Grandpa. He just keeps Olive, going. Olive tries to, tries to ask what they're talking about. She takes her headphones. What are you talking about, Grandpa? It was politics. <laughs> she goes, oh, throws her headphones back on. They they stop to eat breakfast, lunch, something like just that. Just food, yeah. I don't yeah, know. just food. They're all picking from the menu. Yeah, they have to eat cheap because there's not a lot of money. Yeah, they, that's that's another thing. Like the the idea of cost is looming over the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, reminds me of my childhood. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of your adulthood too. <laughs> true, true. I'm right about that. <laughs> I know this is a little off topic, but I have to state. You got a good look today. You Thanks. are dressed. I, I try. I, I work got, hard. How much ties do you have? I, you know, not that many. You know, I have like five. Well, that's a wonderful tie. Yeah. Well, we're on episode three. So. I have a couple bow ties, so. You can change them around. You can wear them. I got to buy more ties. It'd be an investment yeah, for the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Possibly. Yeah. So, so at this restaurant, um, waitress comes up and uh, she gets everyone's order. They had Denny's. They're like at a truck stop type it's, yeah, place. It's, yeah, it's like a Denny's. It's like a Love's. No, okay. not, no, it's better than Love's. Oh my god, Love's is amazing though. On our road trip, we all fell in love with Love's. That is not important. They're at a diner ordering bread. They're at a diner, which is American Diner USA. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and, uh, uh Olive wants pancakes. Yeah. And, um, she doesn't know what all the mode means. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, mode. <laughs> and the waitress explains it's uh, has ice cream on the side. She's like, "Oh, I want that!" And she's all excited. And Greg Kinnear loses points with the waitress because Olive says sorry about something, and yeah. Greg Kinnear tells him, "Don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness." Yeah, which is word for word something the Green Goblin says. <laughs> like, so, not in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man from the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, and I was just. Like, Somebody stole somebody's thing somewhere, or you know, or that's just something douchebags say. Yeah, so that's like just Norman Osborne one hundred and one. Do what you just do just with a rod and throw more fat. Wow. Oh my god. I'm not focused today, guys. I'm just not. You attack the heart. <laughs> wow. It's so like, we're fighting about like uh, ice ten cream people. So yeah. So, and then Greg Kinnear. Starts uh, telling Olive. A seven year old girl. A seven year old child who, who has a weight issue. It's like, you know, uh, ice cream comes from cream and, and, and cream comes from dairy and there's a lot of fat in it. And meanwhile, the wife's like, don't yeah, you dare. She's like, oh, uh, don't man. you dare, Greg Kinnear. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he goes off anyway. And Frank gives him another look like, you ass. Yeah. You know, to this little girl, he's all like, you don't want to be, like, you know, heavy. And and Olive doesn't know what's happening. She's very confused. She's like, what, what's going on? They're like, what, what's wrong, Mom? And he's like, nothing's wrong, honey. And, <laughs> and, um, 
And this is just one of those super awkward moments. Oh, yeah. And you can feel it, and yeah. it's really well done. The cast has tremendous chemistry. Oh, absolutely. They feel so yeah. authentic. It's like super organic, you know? Mm -hmm. it's like... So, um, so then, Greg Kinnear adds those, those, those winners on Miss America. They don't, they're not very fat, are they? Yeah. And you're like, what a douche. Yeah, it's, he's, and it's he's like, the worst. It's not that he's wrong, because yeah. he's right, but at the same time. Yeah. Which I, I love, because a lot of these arguments could really go either way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's just a different point of view, point of view on yeah. everything, and that's why all this movie feels so real. Yeah. So, um, so they get mad, and the waitress comes back. She's bright, cheery, you know, everything you want. She brings, and she's like, here, you're, you're Alamode, and she looks really sad looking. Yeah, all, just all she sad. wants is to be like Miss America. Yeah. And, and now she looks at ice cream like it's poison, and she's all sad about it, and... You know, all, then, this, yeah. all this food comes down, and they're like, um, and she's like, I don't want it. <laughs> and they're all quiet, and then it's Grandpa. Yeah, Grandpa, yeah. Grandpa's all like, oh, give me a spoon. I, I yeah, want like, some ice cream. He's like, you, you guys want some ice cream to Frank and Dwayne? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and and they start digging in, and Mom catches on, yeah. you know, that they're trying to show her, look how good ice cream is. And I love I love in this one, like, Dwayne, yeah. he's mocking her with the spoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right in her face. Yeah, it's real slight, because she's looking at everyone eating her ice cream. And Greg Kinnear's not happy about it. He looks kind of confused and like, wait a minute. They, everyone's undermining me. <laughs> yeah. and, and she's like, wait, stop. And she, she covers the ice cream. She's like, I want some, you know. Yeah. Enjoying her ice cream. Yeah. And <laughs> so she comes around. Yeah. So, um. Well, then the best part at the very end is just like, because he sums up everybody's feelings towards Richard at this moment and he shoots the straw paper at, at Richard <laughs> and it just, it's everything to me. It makes me laugh so hard. It was just like the fuck you from the table. Well, and then like earlier, earlier in the diner, uh, Frank is trying to explain to everyone what a la mode is. Yeah. It's French for in yeah. the fashion. His mode comes from the Latin. Yeah. And then, uh, and uh, Richard goes, shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> he just shuts him down. Such a dick. And that's, that's exactly what he says. He says, shut the hell up, Frank. Yeah. Like, just, just drops him dead. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like that. So, too. so then the wife decides she wants to try to drive the car. So she hops in and it's making ungodly noises. It's like it's grinding the gears, man. And, yeah. and Greg Kinnear, Richard, is trying to say, hey, you know, you got to crank it, do this, do this that way. And and then it cuts to him trying and it's even worse. Like the sound is atrocious. Yeah. And then they cut to them at like an auto park shop. And the dude says, well, it's the weekend, so we got to get the part. It's weekend, it's the clutch. So, the clutch yeah, is out. The clutch is out, so we have a new part by Thursday. Like, is there a dealer around here? Oh, it's the weekend. Dealerships are closed. So, um, Clutch is out. Um, and, but then he brings up, like, the, they're kind of screwed, but he brings up that you don't really need the switch. Like, you know, you just you just need to get it fast enough for, for third gear. Yeah, and then it'll you, go itself. So if you have a hill or something, you got to get it to, what was it, like 20, 30 miles per hour? I, yeah, I don't remember the exact mileage. It was, it was something like that. You get it up there fast enough, get into third gear, and it'll go for you. Yeah. So then they all push the car. It becomes a bi flood team, essentially. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it becomes hot running. <laughs> just, yeah, and that's it. They get out there and they start pushing the car. Oh, that's so funny. All of them. And as they're pushing, Frank yells out, You do realize I'm the preeminent Proust scholar in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh Which I love. And then they can't stop the car. Yeah, because so they, they have to stay in third gear. They can't slow down. So everyone has to run into the car yeah. as it's moving at 20 whatever miles per hour. That's so funny. So everyone's struggling and everyone hops in the car. Yeah. 
And this, to me, is one of the most significant parts in the movie. Um, just because they can't go anywhere without each other now. Yeah. They all need to work together, and they need to pull themselves in. And they're, The car kind of symbolizes the family itself. Yeah. And then they're all in, and this is the first time they're all happy. They're all in there. They're all laughing, having a good time. You know, their adrenaline's up. And I, I really like it. Yeah. It's really good. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But this falls apart like immediately. Absolutely. As does the car, right? <laughs> so they're they're driving down the road and uh Greg's talking about his nine steps. Yeah. Dick's talking about his nine steps and uh mm-hmm. Frank starts giving him some sarcasm. <laughs> and it's a fun scene because it just shows him clashing again. Yeah. Because he's like, um, because he goes, this is the nine steps. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And just cutting him down, just really, really belittling him. He's like, I can recognize sarcasm. So sarcasm is the language that losers use to make winners feel bad about themselves. Like, oh, Bring is it? I didn't know that. And just, you know, really, and, and they're clashing and clashing, and then it finally, it finally dies down. They, it ramps up, and then it goes down. Yeah. You know, it's just the things that divide a family. It's the arguments, different points of view. They stop at a gas station. Yeah, because uh, Richard gets a call. Richard gets a call, hear. and he can't hear anything over it. He thinks it's Grossman. Yeah. So, they, so they pull over for him to hop on the phone. It's Dan Grossman. And he, he's on the phone, and you can tell from his face things are not going well yeah. over the call. But um, meanwhile, Frank asks Grandpa if he wants anything from the store. And Frank says, yeah, buy me some porn. Throws him $20. Get yourself a fag rag, too, and a treat. Because <laughs> Grandpa's the absolute best. He doesn't even care. He's well, and like, I love it because the place he pulls out a 20 is a fanny pack yeah. located in the crotchal area. Yeah. Fantastic symbolism. Grandpa's the best. So he, pull, he pulls out a 20, hands it to Frank. Frank goes goes in, and you can just tell things aren't going well over the phone as they, yeah. they walk past. Cause Olive, Olive goes to go exercise. Yeah, Olive goes to do her her little routines outside, you know, dancing around. And um, Frank goes in and just starts picking porn mags <laughs> like from a gas station. This is 2006 we can still do that. I was like, can you even still do that anymore? Like, I bet there's a place. Might oh, if we yeah. go out right now we can find a truck stop with porn. Oh, we could totally maybe, go get porn. Let's, let's go. Let's see, maybe, maybe like a last see you next week. All right. So, Not to be that guy but they have porn in Barnes & Noble. So that's true. You can buy it there. Okay. Thanks. I don't know. So while in the midst of buying porn and getting a slushie yeah. amazing coincidence the grad students in the gas yep. station the one and that if you were gay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's wearing a shirt, collared shirt. You know, I'd say he's about two notches below, like, an army hammer quality. Oh, my man. gosh. We're back to this. Army hammer. <laughs> wow. Just when he thought, folks, we wouldn't be going back. Oh, we did. <laughs> we love army hammer. We do, just not as much as you. No. I, you're starting to get flush over there. I see the, the I cheeks are getting red. It's I, hot over here. The sun just came up. There's a huge like glass door here. It's beaming right down oh, on me. So is Army Hammer. Okay. So, so anyway, so good looking guy. And he says, Oh, I'm they're they're kind of just what are you doing here? You know, both of them. And Frank doesn't really have a good excuse. He's like, Oh, I'm just kind of out and about and during the midst of this conversation, the the guy at the checkout is just scanning porn mag after porn <laughs> yeah. mag in the background. Doot, doot, doot. Like great background 
I should add to that. Frank looks very disheveled. So yeah, no, his hair is messed up. He's he's hiding the the bandages around his wrists. His shirts aren't even you know. It's not buttoned up. It's not a good look for the America's number one foremost Proust scholar. Yeah, yeah. preeminent. Sorry, not at all. You did it right. Yeah. So anyway, um, the grad student is here with uh, Larry Sugarman. Larry Sugarman, the name of the uh, second yeah. uh, most preeminent Proust scholar. Yeah. Mm. Mm, Frank's rival, they got that, that so, one grant. Yeah. Also, what a coincidence that two of the most preeminent Proust scholars would be gay. Yeah. Who could have guessed? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, he's there with Larry Sugarman. Larry's in the car. And um, grad student sees the porn mags and just kind of excuses himself and leaves. Hops into the convertible, the beautiful red convertible with, uh, with Sugarman. And he says something to him. Sugarman turns around to look in the gas station. So, right. And then Frank hides. He yeah. hides behind the thing. He's got a black bag filled with porn magazines. And <laughs> he's heading out. And the cashier goes, hey, you forgot your slushy. He turns around. And this is one of those moments where I don't realize what it takes to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Because there's almost no reason to, to tell him about the slushy. Like, there's no reason to include it. But him turning around in that moment... About the slushy and how unimportant that is in the face of everything else. That's something I don't think I could write. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could do or, or have the... Anyway, that's why I'm talking about films instead of making them. Yeah. Of... No, I feel you. No, I know exactly what you're saying. No. So, um... Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about that. I can't read this at all. Well, they, Your own you know, writing. They get back. Yeah, I can't well, read my... He gets off the phone, they start arguing because yeah. Stan's like, no go, man. Yeah. I'm not doing it. So this is back with Greg Kinnear. Uh, the deal, Richard, the deal did, yeah. the deal fell through. It's not happening, yeah. Richard. And and the wife is furious about oh, it. Yeah, She's like, "You told me it was a done deal." Yeah. And he's like, "I'm oh, so it's not." He's like, "I don't know." And and he says, "Hey, I'm um, he over the phone." He said, "I'm gonna be through there. I can stop by." And the guy on the other end shoots him down. You don't know who it is. You can't hear the other end of the conversation. Yeah. But it's established that where this person will be is on the way. Yeah. To where they're going, Redondo Beach. Yeah. So. There's this great moment. He gets in the car. He's like, let's just go. She's like, no, let's just go. And he's in the car and she's standing there. And if she had laser eyes, that car would melt. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just sizzling. She's standing outside the car and Greg Kinnear yells at her, let's just go. Like, just full, full bore yell. And she takes another, like, two seconds, mm -hmm. an eternity in film, and walks back around to the car and hops in and she is pissed. Yeah. She is so angry. And uh, then they got to push the car. Yeah. So. Get out. Dwayne and Frank start pushing the car. It's rolling down. Frank takes the time to remind everyone that he is America's uh, predominant Proust scholar. Preeminent. Preeminent. Preeminent Proust scholar. And uh, they hop in the car and drive away, and they get a little bit down the road, and then they realize they forgot all of it. Yeah. Still at the gas station. So they spin cute. around real quick, they roll through, and they can't stop. So Olive's just got to catch the ride. <gasps> she has to run. Yeah, She's so got to run. Like, come on, Olive. Get in. Jump in. Which is great. Yeah. The way they did it, too. It really is. Just, like, slid the door open, and they were rolling by. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they, they spend the night at a hotel. They uh, they all set up. Grandpa says he's uh, he's proud of her song, you know, that they're doing. Like, you know, they're working together. They're going to get it done. Grandpa and uh, Olive share a room. Uh, 
Dwayne and Frank are sharing a room, and then husband and wife are Cheryl and uh, Richard. Richard. Yeah. Oh, I said all those names. How about that? You, yeah, man. we're getting there. Moving on up. Yeah. Right. So, um, when they get in, uh, Cheryl wants to talk. Yeah. You know, because she's been pouring her money that she's been working mm-hmm. for into this, and uh, it's fallen through. And um, Not Richard, good. he's please, please, can we just get back home? Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 at the end of his rope here. He's he's done. He's tired. Like and if you've had a significant other, you've reached that point where you just wanted to stop, mm-hmm. and you just you're pleading, you're begging, just make this end. Mm-hmm. But she presses on, which is well within her right. But, yeah. So we don't really see or hear them arguing. It just comes through the wall. Yeah. Into Frank and Frank and Dwayne's room, and Frank tells him, "Don't listen to this," and throws him a TV. And uh, President Bush is on TV, yeah. and uh, Dwayne immediately turns it off and listens to the, yeah. <laughs> and the he's wall. And he's got this big, oh, I almost say Grinch-like smile on his face. Just That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> just a huge one. And um, and and it's how relaxed he looks too. He's got his hands behind his head. Just, yeah, just looks so smug and smiling. The desolation of smug. <laughs> so, then in the next room, um, Grandpa is talking to Olive, and uh, she's uh, she's te- he's teaching her he's teaching her how to growl. We come in in the middle of it, and Alan Arkin's just ah, you know, teeth out, mouth open, and. They're both doing cat hands, like, you know, like, making claws, and mm-hmm. right? so I was like, okay, you know how to growl, and, you know, and he's, because, you know, it's, it's stuff for the act, whatever the act is. Yeah. So, so she's doing all this, and um, then uh, she, she asks, uh, she's, she's kind of afraid, she's kind of scared. Alan Arkin wants to know why, and she says that she doesn't want to be a loser, and she starts crying because yeah. Daddy hates losers. Yeah. And you know, if up. I was Alan Arkin, I'm like, Daddy should look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan Arkin says, "No, he's like, you're you're a beautiful young woman. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're you're great. I love you, and it's not for your brains or who you are. Yeah. It's because you're beautiful. Yeah. Which is sweet." Yeah, I mean it sounds wrong and it's really funny, nah, but yeah. it's it's beautiful. It well, really... he also says the the loser thing too, right? He's like, you're only a loser if you don't try. Yeah, he's like, you're trying, right? So yeah, the, the only real losers are the people who you know who who are so afraid they don't get out there and try. Yeah, um, Grandpa's awesome. Standard, you know, pep talk advice. <laughs> That's <laughs> why they much. give participation trophies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's good. All right, so mm-hmm. we got. So they're all. So, um, then Grandpa goes into the other room. That happens now. And, yeah, and he, he locks the door and he, he pulls out his heroin. Kit. Yeah. Um, right after saying goodnight. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Greg Kinnear is sitting on the bed. Uh, Cheryl's on the opposite side. They're both exhausted. They're both just tired and down. And Greg Kinnear stands up and starts throwing on his shoes. Just rapping. He's like, I'm going to fix this. Cheryl's no idea what's going on. So he... He goes and he runs down. He hops in the van and he can't get it to go. He's not strong enough to push it by himself. He can't move it. Once again, great symbolism. You can't yeah. go anywhere yourself. It's it's just a unit thing. Yeah. So he has to, we don't know. There's some dudes with mopeds and he walks up to them and goes, hey. And then next thing we know, he's on a moped. Yeah. So he could have bought it, borrowed it, stole it. I don't know. I, don't know. I have no idea how Greg Kinnear got his moped. So he's, 
buzzes down the street, goes to where uh, Stan Grossman is, yeah. which is a dynamic... It, it said it on a sign, but it's it's basically an expo for business ideas and concepts. Something like that, yeah. So he tries to call him on the telephone there at the hotel where this is taking place, and it doesn't go through. And then he tries his... He asks the people at the counter. They can't tell him. He grabs his cell phone, and he hears the ringing. Yeah. <laughs> And then we see that Stan Grossman is Brian Cranston. And it's so great. Zordon himself. <laughs> his most famous role. That's what Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Power Rangers Go will be on his tombstone above, <laughs> above all else. So But he did other things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, he actually did the voices of two of the enemies in Power Rangers. I in love it. That's where you're going. In its original run. I don't know of anything. Oh, he was in Godzilla. Well, knock him in the middle. That's where I was going. I love that. Oh, show. yeah. I totally forgot That's about one that. One of my shows. Yeah, but Brian Cranston, very little known actor. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never did anything on AMC for like eight or nine years. No, no, never happened. <laughs> no, no, he never got his good. He never got his big break. No. I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. It's tragedy. <laughs> never broke good. Never broke bad. I, I just. <laughs> which is a real shame. He seemed, you know, he's got a good voice on. He's got a. I bet he could act if given the chance. If only some person could. Could see through or give him that shot. Anyway. Yes. So he is Stan Grossman. Yeah, Stan, Stan Grossman, Grossman, Brian Cranston, and they have an argument by a pool. Yeah. Um and Stan Grossman tells him, You lost. It's over. Like I tried. I, I did really everything tried. I could. And I yeah. believe him. I do too. I believe I that he tried, that. and it just the concept didn't work and it didn't sell because nobody knows who uh Greg Kinnear is. Yeah. Well, know. that's true, but nobody knows who Richard is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so um was the best thing Greg Kinnear was ever in. As good it's as it gets. Be mystery, man. No, Captain Amazing. No, no, it's, it's <laughs> Captain Amazing. No, that's not the best movie he's ever been in. I think it's as good as it gets. Like Mystery <laughs> Man has its points, but I think like just critically Okay, well, for as good as it gets, everybody else's as as expectations, gets. you know, but off of my expectations, nothing beats Captain Amazing. Right? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Casanova Frankenstein. Right? Now there was a villain. But of course, we can bring the Brewskis. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Izzard, the Disco Boys, <laughs> Waffle Man, Golden Christmas, you guys are history. And I'm all running. Okay, all right. let's, all right, let's stay so on target. Rejected at the pool. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen Mystery Men, it sounds like I just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. We see that on here. Just to make people know about that movie. We've seen it, though. It's okay. And I don't, I've never I, seen it. It's a lot of It's perfect. I've seen it three times. I liked it the first two times, and the last time I saw it was like five years ago, and I didn't like it. Uh, time. I, think I, I think I outgrew it, and I don't think I could watch it again and be like, yeah, this was good. All right, then we want. But then again, William H. Macy is the shoveler. He is. He's a good father and a good husband, yeah. but that's all. All right. Sorry. So, I, I apologize. Yeah. So, so they have this argument, and, and Greg Kinnear tells him, you know what, it's fine, it's good, and I'll tell you why, which never leads to anything important. That's just somebody angry. He tells him, he's out. You know, he's out of the process because Brian Cranston didn't follow the nine se- steps. Brian Cranston gave up, and that's why he's a loser. Stan yeah. Grossman gave up, and, you know, Stan's like, well, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to really take it that much. There's really not much we could do, and yeah. then... Greg Kinnear rides back on the moped at night, and then it cuts to him and his, his wife asleep in bed. And uh, Olive's in the room. 
his mom, dad, you know, and they're like, what? And Greg Kinnear's barely conscious, and then we, we get a shot of Olive, and she looks really scared. Yeah. Like, Grandpa won't wake up. And then we cut to all of them in the van following an ambulance. Yeah, and that's the wow. time I was like, oh, no. Oh, so sad. Like, and they're like the, the tension is really high in the van. Oh, yeah. They're all they're all worried about well, wouldn't you be worried if Alan Arkin wouldn't yeah. wake up? Man, when Alan Arkin goes, it's oh, sad day. Oh man, I love Alan Arkin. I do too. Yeah, just just in the movie I was like, Oh no, not grandpa, why? <laughs> yeah. So why did it have to be grandpa? I know, man. So they they go to the hos- hospital and um they're in the waiting room, and Mom says family meeting, and they all get together, except for Greg. He's kind of off to the side. And she says, you know, sometimes God takes people, and, you know, that's that's what happens. And like if you want to take, if you have to take Grandpa, that's just, you yeah. got to be ready to accept that. Kinda so, like that. so Frank walks over, and he puts a hand on her leg, and Cheryl takes his hand, and they seem really shaken up and Dwayne gets out his pad he writes and he shows Olive what it says and it says go hug mom yeah uh, which is like a lot from Dwayne you know yeah. he's been real quiet just you know yeah everyone <laughs> underline yeah, yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so she goes and gives mom a hug and then the doctor comes in says are you the the family of Edwin Hoover yeah that's when we find out his name yeah, was that movie. Yeah. yeah, the whole movie just Alan Arkin. <laughs> so um and they say yes and then they, he tells them that he's passed away and uh, there'll be a bereavement counselor yeah. in the help. And the bereavement counselor comes in and she's got a bunch of paperwork for Greg Kinnear to fill out. Yeah. Just you know, here's a certificate of death, you know, another paper. In this last paper, you need to be as detailed as possible on this. And uh, then they're saying that it's going to be a couple hours. Yeah. This is the day yeah. that they have to be at the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. Yeah. Um, they have to be there by 3 o'clock. They have to be there by 3 o'clock. They needed to wake up and leave at 7. Yeah. Uh, this was said the night before. I forgot to mention that. So they're, they are on the clock. Yeah. You know, and Grandpa dying is huge inconvenience for everybody. Yeah. Probably Grandpa the most. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. At least he went out with a bang. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Probably. And now they got this to deal with. I bet he was, you know, I bet right now, lying in the morgue, he's so tired that a beautiful woman came up to him right now. <laughs> so, couldn't do it. Um, so... Now, the bereavement counselor is a little sharp with Greg Kinnear because Greg Kinnear is trying to get out of there. Yeah. And they have arrangements for Grandpa, but it's in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. And they're not anywhere near. And they're, so, so then they have to fill out stuff and talk to the coroner about moving the body across state lines. And yeah. They ain't going to be out of here by 3 o'clock. No. And Greg Kinnear has this pile of paperwork. He's like, is there any way? And, and they start going back and forth. And she says, you're not the only person dying in this hospital today. So she's a little snappy. Yeah. A little cold. Um, but to be fair, she's doing her job. Yeah. You know, like, she's probably tired of people. Like, because if you're a professional bereavement counselor, you're seeing this day oh, that in, day out. Suck. No, it's got to be the worst yeah. job on the planet. You deal with people when they're not fun, so. No, and like, then, you can like, tell she's kind of knows like, how to do it. Like, the only time socially that you get a pass, like, you know, you can go run out in the street, tear your shirt off, and just cry when, like, you know, someone's dead. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone around you understands, and she has to deal with every single time that that's happening. Every person comes in, um, 
This is just me going off on a tangent. I just... I know. She's but, very uh, cold to them, but I understand why is what I'm saying. Well, it's like referring to just how her character yeah. is in general. So... They ask to see the So body. Greg Kinnear asks to see the body, and they go in, and she brings him over, and she takes the curtain back, and they all file in, and Greg Kinnear takes the curtain off, and this whole thing, it's quiet there's there's no music and i think they're setting up for a joke yeah like i'm ready to it's laugh surprise. it's the wrong body yeah. uh, greg kinnear takes off the clothes he's looking at it staring at it for a while and everybody's just looking at greg kinnear and i'm expecting greg kinnear to go this isn't my dad <laughs> but instead he goes oh jesus dad and he walks towards the sink or whatever the counter yeah, whatever counter. whatever that thing is and and that's the moment where it sinks in for the audience as well as for them, because you don't want to believe Grandpa's yeah. dead. And it's kind of set up that, like, you after after this point, you do not see Alan Arkin's face again. Yeah. Only Greg Kinnear pulls back the sheet and sees him, and you don't want Grandpa to be dead. Everyone no. at this point's falling in love with Grandpa. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it sinks in for you and them that Grandpa's gone. He's yeah. not going to be here anymore, and it hits you. It's just... Yeah. So the bereavement counselor goes away. She gives them all some time. And, um, you know, there's no way that they can get out by 3 o'clock. And Cheryl starts comforting Olive and saying, well, we'll, we'll go next year. You know, this yeah. is a big deal. And, and Greg Kinnear, he's not having it. No. <laughs> he needs one win. Yeah. He needs somebody to win at some point because he's basically failed everybody. <laughs> he's failed himself and everyone around and this is now his mission his mission isn't the nine steps his mission is now getting his daughter to this thing yeah to the past so so he opens up the trash can throws away the paperwork which is a symbolic of F the rules yeah we're getting this done we're gonna take dad's body we're gonna Basically. kidnap Alan Arkin's lifeless corpse and that's what they do they open up a window they they get Dwayne and Frank on the outside, and they pull the body down. All of keeping watch, yeah. and Mom's not on board at first, but she comes around, which yeah. is shocking because that's the first time we see like super emotion out of Dwayne, like shock and confusion. He's yeah, like, we're gonna steal it. And he throws Dwayne the keys, <laughs> and he's like, "What?" Like his, his face is just back and forth. No, like or what is is? And then when Mom's on board, Dwayne gets on board. Yeah. Like, okay, we have unity. Time to go. So. So they run out with this body, they throw it in the trunk, and they start pushing the car down the street. And they take off with this thing. Yeah. And they're they're rolling down, and uh, it's, a, it's a quiet drive. They're all sitting there. I, I forgot to mention real quick. There's, there's a couple of just quiet driving scenes in this movie. And um, there was one earlier after... Um, after Greg Kinnear got his phone call, Grandpa comes up to him and holds his arm yeah. and says that he's proud of him because there's a, a lot of people in life haven't been brave enough to try something, himself included, and you have, so I'm proud of you. And Greg Kinnear wasn't really up for the advice, you know, he kind of brushed him off, but then he did take his hand and it looked, it's like how my grandpa grabs my hand and it's just, it felt really real, I love this movie. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. So, um, so they go, and they, uh, and this is another one of those quiet drive scenes. They're looking out the windows. You see the overpasses of overhead, all the different twisting roads, the concrete, the the background, and it's just, 
Dwayne's looking up and you see all the overpasses going over and it's very reminiscent of something you'd be doing or something it's a shot that you don't see very often in movies just the underside of a bunch of overpasses yeah <laughs> but that's what you see when you're on a road trip that's the kind of stuff you look at um and then the guy cuts him off they they cut past the van yeah Craig Kinnear honks the horn and the horn doesn't stop yeah, and it's intermittent too. It's like beep, 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 it's it's dying. It's so funny. If it was a deer, you'd shoot it again. <laughs> it's just it's terrible. So people are yelling at him going down the road, and and it gets the attention of a motorcycle cop, a heavy set motorcycle cop, <laughs> and he pulls him over. And Greg Kinnear, being a white man from Albuquerque, has never interacted with a police officer before. <laughs> and Greg Kinnear being Greg Kinnear has never interacted with a police officer <laughs> so he doesn't know what to say or what to do and he's saying the horn's not my fault and the horn is just beautiful punctuation the whole time because the horn doesn't stop yeah. for the rest of this movie it keeps beeping and whatnot. <laughs> so so they get out of the car and you know, Greg Kinnear is acting fishy because he's got a body in the back of the truck. Yeah. So, in the back of the van. And he's like, don't check the trunk. <laughs> yeah, don't don't look back there. And uh, the cop says, what? You know, you've just given me probable cause. Get up, get up on the vehicle. So he does. And Greg Kinnear says, it's not illegal. He's like begging, you know. He's like, it's not. And the cop opens it up. Something falls out. And you see just body front and center. It's wrapped up in sheets, but it's right there. Like, anyone can see it. Cop bends down to pick up the stuff that fell. And... The officer says, Did you come around, sir? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. So he comes around, and he, he thinks he's busted, and the cop has this huge smile on his face, yeah. and he's holding a handful of those porn magazines. Yeah, it's grandpa's porn. Yeah. Grandpa's porn. So he's like, oh, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, real, real dirty. Must Super creepy. So he's just, he's just quite you know, excited. The wife looks back at him and waves. The cop smiles and waves <laughs> back, and it's just, oh, no. And they're going through the magazines. Yeah. Buns and ammo. <laughs> Buns and ammo and just commenting on him. And he's like, you like this kind of stuff, huh? And Kirk was like, oh, yeah, I didn't want my family to know. He's like, oh, I understand that. Then they get to the last one, and it's the gay one. Yeah. It's Frank's gay porn magazine. He's like, why don't you just move along? So yeah. He's just gives up the magazines back. And, and then, you know, they get to take off, you know? Yeah, at least he didn't see the body. Yeah, he didn't see the body, so he, he lets them go. And then they're at a mad dash, because they've lost so much time. Yeah. But um, at the hospital, Olive picked up some eye exam things, and they're they're showing them to Dwayne, and they're pointing at uh, eye charts and whatnot, and Dwayne's doing hand signals for what he sees, and he's got 20-20 vision. You know, excellent. And then they hold up... Um, one of those uh, colorblind tests, you know, it's yeah. green in the middle, red everywhere else, bunch of dots, and she's like, can you see it? And he looks at it real confused, and, you know, doesn't know what's going on. It's like, you know, the A here, and Frank hears this, and he turns around, and he knows, mm-hmm. like, kid's colorblind. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't Dwayne really- writes down on his thing, what does this mean? You know, I think it means you're colorblind. <laughs> you know, and then he... He, gives, he shows him the paper again and like points at it, like, you know, in the bigger sense, what does this mean? And he says, they don't let colorblind people fly jets. Mm-hmm. And this is the hardest part of the movie for me. It's harder than Grandpa's death, 
because this kid's been nothing but dedicated to this yeah, one goal. Yeah, that's his whole thing. And he starts punching the wall. Oh, he loses his He's, shit. He starts kicking everything, and there's a big scramble in the car, and they tell him to pull over. Yeah. And they do it. He runs out, and at the top of his lungs, he screams, fuck. Yeah. He is so angry, and he he's in the dirt, and he's just in the ground sobbing. Yeah. Just full-on sobbing, crying, and, you know, heaving his chest, just... You know, in the Lord of the Rings, anytime they cry, it's just like one tear on the side of their face. This is the exact opposite yeah. of that. This is real crying. This is like real terrible suffering. Yeah, well, this is like your dream just got shattered. Yeah. Crying. So so he's on the ground and he's he's screaming and, and mom tries to go to comfort him. Now, I didn't catch this. This is my, my second time watching the movie. But uh, Dwayne is the product of a previous marriage. Yeah. They say at the very beginning, it's one line that Zach pointed out. I wouldn't have even noticed. <laughs> Zach pointed out that uh, they said that Dwayne was visiting his dad. So, Dwayne, Dwayne's not, you know, Dwayne's the stepkid. Yeah. Uh, which is, then the mom says, like, hey, we, we got to get going. I was going to miss. He's like, go without me. And he's, he's yelling at him. He doesn't want to go. Yeah. He's using his voice. He's using his words for and the first talking. time. <laughs> and he says he doesn't want to be a part of this effed up family. And he looks at him one by one. Stepdad, bankrupt. Mom, divorced. Frank, suicide attempt. This is an effed up family. I don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, he's... Everything is shattered. And he's, he's blaming it on everybody because there's no one else... That's, and it's a terrible situation he's in. Yeah. And I really feel for him. Well, he's yeah, a teenager, man. He doesn't yeah. No, he's, he's 15 and yeah. his world is shattered. Everything yeah. he wanted to do, everything he wanted to be, and what he put serious time and effort to, is gone now. Yeah. It's all gone. And the mom walks away crying, which is really telling because the kid didn't say anything that wasn't true. Yeah. And she knows it. And she's just crying at how effed up everything is and how... This isn't working, and it's all falling apart. Yeah. And then what happens is Olive comes down the hill, and she kind of she kind of rubs Dwayne's back a little bit. Yeah, she, she puts like, her, hugs him. She yeah. puts her hand and hugs him, and then Dwayne says, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> and he gets up, and he walks back to the car, and he says, "I'm sorry for my outburst. This is a man of honor." And integrity, and I love Dwayne. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I love Dwayne. Yeah. This is an excellent film. Oh yeah, man. So, so they push the car again, and um, it, it gets going, they're all hopping, and then they gotta get there, but Greg Kinnear takes the wrong exit. And yeah, then so they're driving past them. They drive, like, through a hotel, like, thing, and onto a sidewalk, and break, they do some property damage. Oh yeah, man, they go off-road, man. They're Big getting, mess. They're getting there on time. Because they're running out. Yeah. It's like 2.55. Yeah. And then they get to the point where it's 2.59. Yeah, so they pull in. They run into the lobby. Yeah. And um, it's 3.04. Lady ain't budging. No, she's not happening. She's like me at work. One minute past three, yeah. you don't get served. That's yeah. it. You she's know? like, we, have, we already closed everything down. Yeah. It's not fair to everyone else to turn the computer back on. And Greg Kinnear literally gets down on his knees. Yeah. And grabs her hand and says, please... You don't know what we've been through to be here. Yeah. Like, we came from Albuquerque, and she's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. The system's down. And then, in the background, we see Kirby. And God like, love Kirby. Kirby. 
the sleeper hit of the film. He's oh just, my gosh. He, he just says, I'll, I'll log in. Curry's like, <laughs> like, it's five minutes, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he boots up the computer, he asks the girl her name, you know, I'm all in. Like, yeah, great, you know, getting all the information in. He's like, I am. He's like, Greg Kinnear is just so thankful. He's like, yeah. thank you. And he's like, it's just five minutes. I'm not working with these people again next year. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's just, like, he hates the pageant. <laughs> yeah, no, he just... He's the tech. He's a technician and the sound guy. Yeah, he's doing the mixes. So, so we get start walking through this pageant. We notice that like girls that are like six, seven oh, are getting their legs spray so tanned. They have their hair curled. They're getting like serious makeup on. This. It's odd. I think this is the moment where I should say I find these pageants absolutely disgusting. Oh, there, yeah. They not even not even at like just a surface level. Like I yeah. think it is. It is cruel. Well, because it's not like the kids are choosing to do this, man. Like, they're, like, brought up in it. I think a few might, but for the most part, it's, like, it's the mom driving them, like, this is love. This is, like, your beauty is success. Yeah. That is what it is. Like, you know, the, the pretty, the more you can put on a show. And, and, and it's that they're so young. Yeah. It just, it makes me feel sick. It's And it's I super think awkward. I think that's the point. Like, they don't ever glorify it. It's just like, and it's like, hey, here's our goal. This is what we've been working towards, this stupid effed up thing. And this is, this isn't an accident. Like, throughout the pageant, they show Greg Kinnear's face. And he's yeah, like, he's what like, is, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is wrong. And meanwhile, two seats away is this big old burly guy. Yeah. You know, he's got a. Cut off jean jacket. He's um, and Greg Kinnear's like, you one of the dads? He's like, this is your first time. <laughs> yeah, he's got earplugs. <laughs> yeah. So you know he's not listening to anything. He's just he's just there for the show. It's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's so odd. It's just wrong. It's like Zach watching a hot dog eating contest. So <laughs> oh man, you just feel dirty. So. Anyway, how do you spend your Fourth of July? <laughs> I don't want to answer that. <laughs> it's admissible. <laughs> Same way V spends Guy Fox. <laughs> Plotting. So, <laughs> um, so this pageant's going on. Kirby comes back for a second to ask all of what music they're going to use, and she gives them a CD out of the Walkman. Oh, this. Oh, did you use this song? It's like, oh, my grandpa picked it out. Yeah. Kirby asks Greg Kinnear if he needs anything else, and Greg Kinnear goes, yeah, is there a funeral home around here anywhere? <laughs> wow. <laughs> done for laughs, and uh, Frank is in the lobby waiting with Dwayne. He's reading a magazine, and he turns to a page. It's like America's number one Proust scholar, and it's the picture of Sugarman. Yeah, Larry Sugarman. Larry Sugarman. And uh, closes the magazine. Dwayne's like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so they leave. And then we actually start to see the pageant. It's just... It's wrong. Horrifying. No, it's... It's girls doing Miss America bits who but are like, like seven years old. Yeah, no, like wearing two-piece bathing suits, full makeup, you know. They look Didn't like plastic. To... Like they do. Is they, what they look like. They look like dolls. Yeah. They look like dolls you would find in the house of a man recently arrested. Like, it just... <laughs> yeah. Did we get to meet Miss California yet? Oh, yeah. We met Miss... We met Miss California earlier. Olive was so happy to meet Miss California. Thanks you, for man. bringing that up. Look so, at you. Check notes. While Greg Kinnear was begging, Olive met Miss, Miss America, who was there, and she gave her an autographed picture of herself, and... 
um, Olive asked, what's your favorite ice cream? And she said, uh, Chunky Jerry Garcia? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Technically, and she has a little storage, but she's like, I love ice cream, and this makes Olive so Yeah, good. it's like, it makes her day, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, she likes ice cream. Yeah. So, while this disturbing pageant's going on, um, one of the best parts in the movie, well, there's, I say that a lot, but... There's a lot of great parts in this movie. Frank and Dwayne are out on a pier... Yeah. And they're talking to each other. And this is the first time we really hear about exactly who Proust is. Because this whole time, if you're like me, the first time watching this movie, is like, what is Proust? Because I didn't know it was even a person. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I knew he spoke French and Latin. Steve Carell yeah. did. But he was a French writer. Yeah. From, I'm assuming, yesteryear. Yeah. If, if you're studied, you're not alive today. I'm assuming, like... Yeah. Somewhere between 16 and 1800s, because they have a picture of the man. Yeah. So, so probably 1800s then, if they have a black and white picture yeah. of him. And um, he was gay. He was, uh, he was French. Um, you know, it's two handicaps right there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he wrote what Steve Carell says is some of the most beautiful works since Shakespeare, one of the best writers. But he wrote one book that nobody read. Yeah. And he was fantastic. He had a series of one-sided love affairs that never went anywhere. And he said that at the end of his life, Proust said that he was glad for all the suffering that he did because it made him the man he is today. And he's telling Dwayne that if, you know, your high, your high school years are here, like, you're going to have your prime suffering yeah. right here. Like, you know. Yeah, because Dwayne says he wants to skip. Yeah, because Dwayne wants to skip past it all because life is just one beauty pageant after another. Yeah. And it's terrible. And he's tired of just everyone being compared. And if, he doesn't care what they do. He's going to fly. Yeah. You know? And then he gives the best quote. Yeah, he's like, do what you love. Fuck the rest. Exactly. That. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, and Frank tells him, you're in your prime suffering years, <laughs> and you don't want to skip that because it's going to be what you are. <laughs> and, um, and Dwayne says, cool. And yeah. Frank's like, yeah, you know, you're not as stupid as you look. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're talking again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> And they smile, and this is kind of the the climax of their relationship. Like, because they've been, they've been very tolerant of each other, but I could tell, you know, that they bond a little because they're both outsiders. No yeah. Wants to, they neither of them want to be there. Yeah. You know, they both feel kind of trapped. Neither <laughs> of them can move. They're just kind of stuck in this period, and I think they bond over that. Yeah. So they go back um, into the thing and they see like two seconds of the show and then they run back out the door. Yeah, and Dwayne goes backstage. Yeah, Dwayne goes backstage. Dwayne decides, I gotta stop this because I don't want my sister up there. You know, so he he walks he walks past the security lady and the security says, Do you, are you clear to be back here? He says, no. <laughs> Straight on through. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, Greg Kinnear is saying, we shouldn't let our daughter on to, to Cheryl. Yeah. And um, she's... Um, is like why not? We came all this way. It's like she's she's not a beauty queen. She's just not. Mm-hmm. And uh, or Dwayne may have said that. I'm no, not sure. uh, he says that first, and then uh, yeah, and then Dwayne comes in and basically says the same thing. Like they're gonna laugh at her. You're the mom. It's your job to to protect her, which is really a fascinating argument both ways. Yeah, because this could go terribly wrong for her, and it could be awful. Yeah. But at the same time, this is what she's dreamed of. This is, you know, this is the whole reason they're out there. So, and the mom conveys how hard that she's worked and everything. So you need to, you know. So she goes up and says, if you don't want to go out there, you don't have to. We're all very proud of you, you know. 
but uh, she decides to go out there. Yeah. So she goes out there and she's heavy set. Everyone else has stupid Barbie bodies, which is weird because they're children. They're plastic children. They're <laughs> so wrong. And when they made this film, all of these children were actual pageant contestants. Oh yeah. Yeah, and all of their acts were like part of their acts, and they have some mm. stellar acts, honestly. Like they have some really good acts, and then some kind of weird in the middle of the road acts. And um, anyway, uh, no. Olive goes um. out there, and Super Freak starts. Oh playing. my God, Super Freak! Uh, Rick James, I believe. Yes, Rick James. <laughs> um, if yes, you sir. haven't heard the song Super Freak. It's the same beat. It was it was sampled by MC Hammer for Can't Touch This. <laughs> but it's it's like from the 70s or 80s, I'm not sure. 70s I would say probably. Yeah, probably late 70s. So, you know. So this is the the routine that that grandpa and all of yeah. have been practicing on <laughs> yeah. this whole time and it's spectacular. She's it out there the taking articles of clothing off, slapping yeah. her ass, crawling around <laughs> yeah. on stage just just it's really funky, show. yeah. No, yeah. it's it's, it's wrong. Best. No, it's it. But it's people start leaving in the but audience. Oddly enough, this is this is the most overtly sexual of all the pageant acts, and yet it's the least. Yeah, because like, it's just fun. Yeah, and it seems like a child prancing around and having fun. And this is the first time. It's the first like quote unquote real act I've seen. Yeah, and I really like it. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention something really important. Uh, so before this musical number, I'm going to jump back just oh, a little yeah. bit because um, they do get in touch with a funeral home. Yeah, Greg Kinnear says that they, uh, you know, he died on the way, and the funeral home takes Grandpa, which um, I really like because they take him from their yellow family van and move him into a black van, mm -hmm. and they watch it leave. You know, they can't follow him where he's going, and he's he's gone, but. She's on stage now. Yeah. And this is Grandpa's song. <laughs> and they're all... And so... So her show causes a commotion and everyone hates it except oh, Miss America. Yeah. You know, she's, she's got a smile. The rest of the judges are... Or people start leaving. Yeah. And um, the super creepy announcer dude tries to get her off stage. Oh, yeah. So this, there's been an announcer. The he's host. been announcing everything. Yeah. And he's just been hovering over all the girls and just been kind of creepy. And he kind of goes after her trying to get her off stage. And Greg Kinnear stops him. They get into a scuffle. Security pull him away. And then the, the head judge lady, the, the head mean girl, the one who didn't want him to get in because they were four minutes late, um, says, get your daughter off the stage. And he says, okay. So he walks out there. And she's literally just hopping in circles at this point. Like, she's, her, her act is a total mess. But yeah. it's great. So, and he goes out there. And he looks at Olive, and Olive looks at her, and she's dancing around and having fun. And then Greg Kinnear begins to dance. Yes. <laughs> Starts pumping his arms, you know, just just breaking it down. And um, Frank hops up yeah, there, Frank, too. Okay. Frank's right up there, which is also significant, because this whole time, Greg Kinnear's kind of been the, the, not really the villain, but he's been kind of an antagonistic force yeah. on the trip. And he's the first person to support his daughter. Yeah. He's the first person to get up there. And then the first person to back him up, the first person is Frank to hop on stage. Yeah. And he starts breaking it down. 
Then Dwayne comes up. (laughs) Dwayne's up there doing pelvic thrusts. (laughs) It's fantastic. And they're up there in this huge cacophony of mesh. Cheryl comes up there. They're dancing. They're jumping around in circles. And they're up there as a family. This is their family making a mess of themselves. They are doing them and fuck all the rest. You know, the world's burning around them and they're having a great time. And I feel like... I feel like Grandpa's there too because it's his music. You know, this yeah. whole giant mess is Grandpa's fault. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion, and it's just they're they're all together, and um, I'm, I'm I love it. Um, eventually, if this big old thing happens, uh, it cuts to uh, oh, so first and then it stops. It ends. The only person in the audience clapping is Kirby at the soundboard. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah, Kirby. Like, yeah. Kirby's the only person who thinks, this is real, I like this, you know? And then that creep gets up and cheers. Yeah! Like, he's all happy. Oh, man. He definitely appreciated it. Yeah, so then it cuts to them at a police station. Mm-hmm. And the officer comes out, and he says, um, you guys can go, as long as you promise, never to enroll your daughter in a beauty pageant in California. <laughs> Ever. Ever yeah. again. And Frank says, I think we can deal with that. <laughs> and then they go towards their car. They open the trunk, and there's there's Grandpa's sheet. You know, the, the role he was wrapped in. When, when they took Grandpa, they gave him his effects. It was just a small box of things. And it's like they have his, his stuff, and Greg Kinnear doesn't really pay attention to it as the car is driving away. Like, that's that's all it really is. You know, you leave your little junk behind but the important thing's gone yeah and the sheet is still in the car car is lighter now but grandpa's still there mm-hmm. there's still a piece of them going back with them yeah and they push the car one last time they all push it there's no you know jive from steve carell about being the preeminent blues <laughs> scholar yeah. they all jump in you know they push the cars the family the car moves as a family and they're going down the road and it's going too fast they built up too much speed they can't stop before the yeah the gate at the pageant they crash the gate they head down the road and the credits roll yeah there it is so nothing's really changed for any of them in the grand scheme of things you know frank is still a loser he's got no boyfriend he's got no job he has nowhere else to go Dwayne is even less than when he started out because his dream is gone, but he he's decided he's going to find a way to fly anyway. But he's communicating now. Olive's done her thing. Grandpa is dead, and Greg Kinnear has, has failed to sell his thing. Yeah. But I don't think anyone could argue, even though that, you know, financially they're probably worse off, everyone's probably a little worse off because of the trip, but I think they are all better at the end of this yeah. than they were at the beginning. They've become a much tighter unit. Yeah. They don't hate each other anymore, and they're more united. They're they're one group of people in one car. They're a family. Yeah. And this movie has so many little things that communicate that point throughout that just show the flaws and the breaks down. I, I really like this movie. I love this movie. I'm a big fan, yeah. Yeah, it was... It was excellent. I I can't. So what grade would you give it? Here's your, here's your part. Here's your. Give it an A. Oh, we got our first A. <laughs> oh man. I gotta be an A too. Oh Basically. yeah. Well, you know, I'm gonna give it an A plus because that's what I do. 
Unless they piss me off, the movie's gonna get an A plus. <laughs> no, um, I can't recommend this movie enough. Yeah, In it's fact, fantastic. I'm a little sorry that you've heard this and you didn't see the movie first. Yeah, that's kind of true. Because I, I just hope that you've seen this movie before and you're listening to this podcast because you're like, oh, I like that movie. And, and that this has illuminated some of the small little pieces of why you might like that movie. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I really hope this wasn't your first time experiencing Little Miss Sunshine because yeah. it's more than any other film we've seen so far, this is worth a watch. Absolutely. It's been my favorite of the ones we've done so yeah. far. Well, we got two before this, so. It's true. Yeah, true I mean, it's kind of easy. Out of heard. three movies, this has been the best one. Yeah, out of Man from Uncle. <laughs> and what was the first one? Body Snatchers? Yeah, Invasion. 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 That was a good one, too. I love that movie. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they've movie. all been good movies. But yeah. Some better. Even yeah. our pre-runs were awesome. Yeah. Like, anyways, we got it. All right, so. so I think we're good? A, 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 I think we're good, too. Triple A. All right. <laughs> triple all right. A. Highest rating. We're all right. Good Which is really, this family really needed Triple A throughout the film. Yeah. Indeed. All right, man. All right. We're out. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you next time. Have fun.